It's Thursday, August the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, potential evacuees told to avoid Kabul airport, and scientists defend Wuhan probe. First, the world in brief. America, Australia and Britain advised their citizens not to travel to Kabul airport over fears that Islamic State Khorasan, an IS affiliate that operates in Afghanistan, is planning a terrorist attack. Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, said that about 1,500 American citizens remain in Afghanistan and a third are known to want to leave. Turkey has begun withdrawing its troops from the country and Russia its citizens. ISK, which is also active in Iran, Pakistan and Central Asia, is a sworn enemy of both the Taliban and of America. A group of scientists tasked by the World Health Organization to study how COVID-19 spread in Wuhan in 2019 took to nature to defend their investigation and to warn that delays could make further studies biologically impossible. American intelligence agencies, meanwhile, reportedly failed to draw a definitive conclusion about the origins of the virus in a classified report for President Joe Biden. Johnson Johnson reported positive results in its trial of a COVID-19 booster vaccine. The firm said the jab produced a nine-fold increase in spike-binding antibodies compared with 28 days after the first single-shot dose. Sinopharm, a Chinese drug maker, announced it is working to update its vaccine so it might better fight the beta and delta strains. Japan, meanwhile, withdrew 1.6 million doses of Moderna jabs, which it fears were contaminated. The chief executives of 20 large American corporations, including those of Apple, Alphabet and Amazon, pledged to spend billions to shore up America's cybersecurity. Joe Biden summoned the bosses after a series of damaging security breaches at companies crippled the country's infrastructure, compromised privacy and led to hefty ransoms being paid to cyber crooks. OnlyFans cancelled a proposed ban on sexually explicit content that it had set for October the 1st. The content subscription platform on which users pay to view photos and videos saw its revenues soar thanks to pandemic boredom. It also became popular with sex workers. The firm had initially claimed that the ban was necessary to comply with its banks, which did not want to handle payments for explicit material. Shares in Pinduoduo, one of China's largest online retailers, jumped by 22% after it pledged to donate 10 billion yuan, $1.5 billion, to the farming sector. The sum is more than all the money it has made since it floated as a public company. Charitable pledges by Chinese tech firms have taken off in an attempt to ward off a crackdown on the sector. State and local governments in America distributed just $1.7 billion to tenants in July, a smidgen of the funds available through the emergency rental assistance program that Congress set up earlier in the pandemic to prevent evictions. Delays in processing applications for aid have meant that only 11% of the $46 billion fund has actually been dispersed. And fact of the day, 20, the number of years some cases against inmates at Guantanamo Bay have languished in the pre-trial phase. And now, here's today's agenda. Turning the ship around, Jackson Hole. The full agenda for this week's Central Bankers Jamboree, currently a digital affair but usually hosted in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, will be unveiled today. 
A year ago, monetary policymakers forestalled a financial crisis during the pandemic's first wave. But some of the shine has recently come off their record. An inflation surge took the Federal Reserve by surprise. A parliamentary committee said that the Bank of England has a dangerous addiction to buying bonds. And the European Central Bank announced a new symmetric, i.e. above or below inflation target of 2%, that everybody expects it to undershoot. The most anticipated speech will be given by Jerome Powell, the Fed's chair, on Friday. He may offer further signals about the future of the Fed's quantitative easing programme, under which it is buying $120 billion of bonds each month. The Fed's critics and some of Mr Powell's colleagues think that it is too much stimulus. Inflation is currently well above the Fed's 2% target. The Taliban's ban, an end to Afghanistan's opium? Last week, a Taliban spokesperson said that the militant group will ban the production of opium, a drug harvested from poppies which can be turned into heroin. Afghanistan is the world's biggest supplier of the drug and its cultivation produces 6-11% to of the country's GDP. The Taliban have profited from taxing the opium trade, but they also successfully enforced an opium ban for a short time when they were last in power, in a bid for international recognition and aid. Since then, the opium trade in Afghanistan has only grown. The Taliban are taking on the responsibilities of the state, but they face a financial black hole. The Biden administration has frozen more than $9 billion of Afghanistan's assets. Germany has cut foreign aid. Other countries may follow suit. Foreign countries paid 75% of Afghanistan's government services in 2019. Enforcing an opium ban would add to the Taliban's money woes. They are unlikely to do so unless foreign countries cough up a reward. Bumpy ride, Peloton's earnings. Last year, Peloton could not ship its fancy home fitness equipment fast enough to lock down would-be gym goers. Its share price quintupled in 2020, but today's earnings for the second three months of this year will reflect the firm's growing pains. Shareholders are tired of Peloton's persistent shipping delays. Worse, the company has been hit by recalls, including one triggered by safety fears in May, involving hundreds of thousands of treadmills sold to American and British customers. Competitors are nipping at its heels, and since lockdowns have been eased, reopened gyms present a threat as well. So far, Peloton's share price has fallen by a quarter in 2021. Even so, sales continue to grow at breakneck speed, and the company keeps adding subscribers to its virtual fitness classes, its highest margin business. Next week, the company will trot out a new and improved treadmill model for sale. Handy in case there is another lockdown. One month to go. Germany's unpredictable election. Germans call it the hot phase of the campaign. Election posters are everywhere, talk shows are full of bloviating candidates and all the pollsters have gone into overdrive. With one month until polling day, our election forecast model shows that Germany is confronting its most unpredictable vote in living memory. Under Armin Laschet, the CDU-CSU's ineffectual candidate for the chancellorship, the main centre-right bloc has lost a quarter of its support in six weeks. The brief surge the Greens enjoyed in the spring has faded. Meanwhile, a late boost for the Social Democrats, long written off as also-rans, have given their aspirant, Olaf Scholz, a chance to lead the next government. The fragmentation of the vote means Germany may be heading for the first three-way coalition in decades. Underlying the uncertainty is the imminent departure of Angela Merkel, who after 16 years as Chancellor will depart with sky-high approval ratings. Whatever happens on September the 26th, Germans will be taking a step into the unknown. (laughs) 
The Horror of Gentrification, Candyman. Jordan Peele is one of Hollywood's foremost storytellers. His films combine horror and humour with biting critiques of race relations in America. Get Out 2017 won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Us 2019 was another commercial and critical triumph. He recently announced another forthcoming film, Nope, slated for July 2022. Tomorrow, his sequel to Candyman, a classic horror film from 1992 directed by Bernard Rose, will be released, also called Candyman. It returns to the Cabrini-Green neighbourhood in Chicago for a story that encompasses gentrification, police brutality and obsession. Anthony Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, the protagonist, is an artist who becomes fascinated by the urban myth of the Candyman, a murderous spirit that can be summoned in the mirror. Some critics felt that the original film played into stereotypes about inner-city violence, yet Mr Peel has suggested that the original film played a formative role in his own career. It was one of those movies that told me that black people can be in horror, he says. Summer Quiz, Week 6 Ready to beat our baristas yet again in our summer quiz? For week six, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Thursday. What was the name of the dog that Richard Nixon cited in a famous speech in 1952 that saved his career? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Friedrich Nietzsche. The man of knowledge must be able not only to love his enemies, but also to hate his friends. That's it for The Economist World Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 